1: For a limited time,
2: get up to 50% off by going to Bluenile.com. That's Bluenile.com. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas.
0: It's time to play like a jet. With your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean?
2: I made it clear that my intention was to play, and my intention was to play for the New York
0: Jets.
1: Rogers going for it all. Looking to bring it open. He's got it. Bloodside snaps it quick, scrambles to his right, pumps
2: and runs, and Rogers is inside the pylon. Allen has time.
0: Intercepted. Sauce Gardner's got it. Breaking away. Garrett Wilson. Wilson a big play downfield. Allen tripped up. He could not get past Jermaine Johnson. Oh, look at the speed of Brees Hall. He's done it again. Brees lightning. 62 yards for the
2: touchdown. And he's sacked again by Quentin Williams. What a beast. Number 95 for the Jets. Listen, thank
0: you. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at jet one And it's time for the weekend mailbag. So for that, we bring in our friend, who's the editor over at JetNation.com, Mr. Glenn Naughton. Glenn. Welcome back to the show, sir.
1: Thank you, as always. Good time, and uh, hopefully uh, hopefully, plenty of good questions rolling in here in the, in the coming minutes.
0: Always good questions coming in in the mailbag, and we will start with Muzzled. He asks, what kind of trade compensation would be needed for the Jets to move Bryce Huff? And now we know, of course, Glenn, I talked about it on the show with you over a month ago that the Jets had gotten phone calls about Bryce Huff, Now Zach Rosenblatt from The Athletic is reporting that the Jets have been getting calls about Bryce Huff Doesn't mean they're going to trade him necessarily Doesn't mean they're shopping him Does mean that teams are looking around for pass rushers. They see that the Jets restructured Carl Lawson. So he's not going anywhere. They've used first round picks on pass rushers in each of the last two years. Of course with McDonald and Jermaine Johnson. They've also got Michael Clemens. So it is possible that Bryce Huff who's only on a one year deal could be moved. What would the compensation need to be? I would guess probably a third Maybe a fourth and change There are people that have talked a lot about How the Jets moving Bryce Huff Would be a crazy mistake I wouldn't move him just to move him But if you could get good value I think you'd have to at least consider it Let's remember There's a decent chance he's not here After this year And on top of that Look, I get that he's really good at what he does, but what he does is very limited. He's got to be in on very obvious passing downs, and he's got to be sent straight at the quarterback. That's basically what he's good at. It's a skill that you want somebody to be good at. It's a very important skill, but again, very limited. Many downs, he's not going to be on the field. That's why his snap count has been so low for people that have been frustrated by that. So, I would say probably at least a third round pick or a fourth round pick and change is what the Jets would have to get to consider moving Bryce Huff. If I were to guess if they move Huff or not, I'd say ultimately they probably don't do it, but I'm sure they're listening to offers because remember, they have no first round pick next year, so if they could get a premium pick in the draft next year to help replace what they lost in the Rodgers deal, I'm sure they consider it.
1: Yeah, in my mind it's gotta be a, a three. I, you know, you're not gonna get any more than that. But for for the considering the fact this team is built to win now, it Bryce Huff is an asset you'd like to have on your roster, but you also have to look at the fact that they've got enough enough resources there that, you know, guys like Huff, some of the some of these guys, the, the playing time isn't gonna they're not gonna play a ton of snaps and see the field a whole lot. So if you look at the fact that they don't have a ton of picks next year. You're talking about a player who won't see the field a ton, but he does have value because of what he brings. I think you try to get a three for him. Any less than that, I think you're you're better served to hang on to him.
0: Next question comes in from DMRCO. He asks, could the Jets turn out like the Mets? I really need a championship, and it's been a long road since 1986, the last time the Jets or Mets won anything. If you're asking whether or not the Jets could turn out like this year's Mets, who at the moment of this recording have been a massive disappointment despite having an enormous payroll and major expectations. Sure, it's possible that could happen. There are a lot of things that could go wrong. We're going to have to hope that they don't. If crazy things don't happen, I think the Jets should at least be good and in contention. I don't think it's guaranteed they make the playoffs. It's a very tough conference in the AFC, and the Jets have to play six very difficult division games. Even the Patriots, who I think are distant fourth in terms of roster, are not a walk in the park. The Jets are going to have their hands full, so nothing's guaranteed. But unless disaster strikes, I would think the odds of them being as bad as the Mets have been this year are pretty low.
1: Yeah, um, sadly, I stopped following baseball when uh, when it went to analytics and uh, and managers stopped making lineups. And when the Yankees re-signed A. Rod, I hated that. Um, so I, I can't tell you much about what what the Mets are doing this year. But a- as you said, you know, big teams where or, or, or seasons where we see teams go out and and make big splashes and they come up short. Like it could happen. Like I'm of the mindset that, like I'm looking at it that if this team stays fully healthy. And they don't have that slow start they had last year on defense. Like, they come in and, and they're playing, you know, at a high level early. Early, I can see this team winning 11 or 12 games. I think they're that good. But I think there are some questions. The health of the tackles, you know, is a huge thing. Like, every tackle on this team right now has missed significant time, even leading up to last year. You know, Carter Warren missed nine games in college. And Dwayne Brown ended the year on IR and missed four games early. And Makai Becton, we know that story. So if the tackles can't stay healthy, and it's just – again, that's my biggest concern. If the tackles can't stay healthy, that's a big deal. But then you've got – what. as much as we love Sauce and Reed, like they're they're thin at corner behind them. If one of those guys would have missed any time, this team would be really vulnerable in a hurry. And, of course, there is Aaron Rodgers' age. Like as excited as we are that he's here and as much as we're looking forward to watch him play – There is no guarantee that he won't do what almost every other quarterback in the league has done, which is see a dip in production when they hit this sort of age range that Aaron Rodgers is now in
3: Play like a Jet. Play
0: like a Jet. Next question comes in from Godson5. He asks, who do you think is in for a big fantasy year on the Jets, and what is your rule on drafting players from your team? I stay away and pick players from the division so it can be a win-win. If they stink, awesome. If they ball out, it's for me. Thoughts? (laughs) That's not a bad philosophy. I always think that makes sense in terms of gambling, too. If you bet on a team that you think is going to win but you don't want to win, There's no losing because if they win, you get money. If they lose, you're happy they lost. As far as fantasy football, I'll be honest – I stopped playing years ago And the reason I stopped playing Is because I found that it was hurting My overall enjoyment of watching games I was too invested in the individual performance of players And I found myself watching player stats More than I was watching actual games And so I stopped And I've been happy about it Because fantasy gets very addicting, Glenn But as far as who I think will have a big fantasy year on the Jets The obvious answer here is Garrett Wilson Because we don't know what the Jets are going to get out of Brees Hall He could start out slow He'll probably be on a limited pitch count, but I think Garrett Wilson, especially if Aaron Rodgers is healthy, has an opportunity to really break out. He had an excellent year as a rookie, one rookie of the year for a reason, but I think he has a chance to put up elite production, like all pro caliber production this year if he stays healthy and Aaron Rodgers stays healthy as well. So that would be my answer. Garrett Wilson is the guy that I think has a chance to be a huge fantasy guy this year.
1: Yeah, I think uh each of the last two years on opening day, I've I've logged on to like Yahoo or something like that and drafted a fantasy team just because I'm so itching for something football related. Um, but I don't pay much attention to it. Um, uh, you know, draft a team and, and, and look at it once a week to, to not be that guy that never updates his roster, but I really don't get it that get that into it. Um Garrett Wilson is the obvious answer because of the fact that, you know, and I think we discussed this a few weeks ago, Scott, on a mailbag. Someone asked us to kind of predict his stat line. I think I said around 1,400 yards. I think we were both in the same ballpark. But I'll tell you what, the more I look at it, the more you look at what he did last year with this terrible quarterback play. Uh, Someone posted a stat the other day that I retweeted. I'd have to look it up. Uh, And it was a a fantasy guy who uh, looked at all the top receivers in the NFL, and Garrett Wilson had the lowest catchable pass rate of any receiver in the NFL who finished with over 1,000 yards. Um, and you you consider that and the fact that he's now going to Aaron Rodgers, who is one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the history of the league. I mean, you talk about somebody who hits guys in stride or drops it in the bucket. There, there's nobody better. So I look at that 14 and I'm starting to feel like that might be a little conservative. Like he could be a, a 15 or 1600 yard guy if, again, if everybody stays healthy. So I think Garrett Wilson is the steal. Um, I never liked I, I would never draft guys on other teams. I couldn't stand. When I, when I wasn't a fantasy footballer, it would drive me nuts to have to root for someone on the Patriots to do well. So I completely stay away from guys who are on teams that I can't stand.
0: Next question comes in from Hojo. He asks, when is it time to panic in regards to Quinn and Williams? I don't know if panic's the right word, but I would start getting concerned If it gets really close to training camp, like maybe there's a few days before camp and we're hearing reports that the deal isn't close to getting done. If that happens, then maybe you can start to worry. Until then, I really wouldn't think about it too much. I'm sure there's stuff going on behind the scenes. And by all accounts, the big holdup is four years versus five years. At some point, they'll figure out a compromise and get a deal done because it really is in the best interest of both sides here.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I'm not, I'm not panicking at all. The Jets have it this year. They've got a couple years control through franchise tags. So panic isn't what you do, but you, you do get to a point. And I said this, you know, pretty early in the offseason, um, you know, when, when the first DT signed a big contract, I said, look, now's the time to move for the Jets because this price is just going to keep going up every time a guy signs. Um, so you wanted to get it done sooner rather than later because of, the you know, what Quinn and Williams brings and you just want one less distraction following the team in the training camp. Um, So I wouldn't panic based on the control the Jets have, but that doesn't mean I don't want them to try, try to get this worked out as quickly as possible.
0: Next question comes in from Michael Christopher. He asks, what is the holdup with Aaron Rodgers? Connor Hughes said when the Jets made the deal that fans would be very happy about the contract. Why haven't they ironed out the contract, especially for salary cap purposes moving forward? Is that the holdup with the Quinn and Williams extension that they need to get something done with Rodgers? I don't think that that's what's going on. I think they just haven't figured out what to do with that contract yet. And they've been working on other things. Honestly, Glenn, I've said this before, as much as everybody's happy to have Rodgers here, and certainly that includes you and I, it seems like their entire plan was get Rodgers and figure it out later, which is kind of crazy because there's about a two-month period where they knew they were getting Rodgers. They knew it was a matter of time before they got a deal done. They knew nobody else was interested and it was going to have to be them. They knew Rodgers wanted to come and play for the Jets. And so you would think that while Douglas was having the standoff with Guttekunst over draft compensation that he would have had salary cap guys working on the particulars of how to redo this Aaron Rodgers deal. And yet here we sit, it's already the end of June and nothing has happened with that contract. Very bizarre.
1: It really is. And Scott, if you remember uh, when you came on our show, uh, you know, a month or so ago, and we discussed this, uh, you know, yourself and me and Dylan Terriman, um, we put that on our forum, the jet nation. And, uh, Listen, there are some fans who were so high on the Aaron Rodgers acquisition that they refused to have anything questioned. And there was a lot of a lot of pushback. There was a lot of you guys are just being negative. Obviously the deal is already done and they're just waiting to announce it, just waiting for Aaron to sign it. Like people are telling themselves whatever they have to to get themselves to, to believe that everything that's happening right now is part of the plan because, you know, they don't want anything questioned. But Listen, Connor Hughes, as as uh, as you said, and, and we've talked about. I, I actually looked that tweet up a couple of weeks ago, trying to remember specifically what he said. Um, Connor Hughes said, "Fans are going to love it, and you're going to see it. Uh, you know, details of the contract are going to be made public once the trade is completed." Well, it's been a little while, and we still have no details on the deal. I think they are still trying to figure it out, um, as you said, as you know, I've said, and not not many people, but a few of us have pointed out that. This was one of the worst contracts that any team has ever handed out. So when you take a contract like that on, you have to find a way to make it work. Um, One interesting thing, this actually was slipped was in an article, again, Connor Hughes, and we'll see, time will tell if he's right. But he implied in an article the other day, without giving any any specifics on the contract, that he expects the new deal that Roger signs to be a three-year deal, and the Jets are expecting him to be around for three years. Um, I don't know if Connor is guessing um, and just throwing that out there. But obviously, this is going to be a multi year deal with a lot of void years to avoid having any 40 or 50 million dollar cap hit years. But what it's going to mean is you're probably going to see some 15 to 20 million cap hit years after Aaron Rodgers leaves.
0: Yeah, the contract, whether or not it's spread out for three years, is something that the Jets are going to have to figure out salary cap wise. Because remember, even though they could give him a contract for one year, two years, three years, eight years, it doesn't matter. Ultimately Rodgers could decide to retire at any time He made Mm -hmm. that clear at the press conference He did say that he views it as a commitment And he doesn't want it to be a one and done But he is 40 years old and he said he'll take it year by year He'll start with 2023 and see how he feels Look even if his intention is to play beyond one year He's 40 years old He has no idea how his body's going to react How he's going to feel if he's going to quickly go downhill or something like that. We all hope that doesn't happen, but it's certainly possible. So the contract is such that however many years it winds up being for, the Jets are going to have to be careful how they structure it.
1: And remember, Scott, if you go back to when Aaron Rodgers was talking on the McAfee show, he talked about when he was making his decision on whether or not to come back, he said, I had to put myself through some workouts and beat myself up a little bit and see if I could, you know take the beating that it's going to take to, to play another season. I would imagine that's going to be a type of evaluation he's going to put himself through every year. And as you just said, he, whatever his intentions may be, if he takes a beating this season and in the offseason does some workouts and says, you know what? I just don't think I have it anymore. I'm not going to get those, those second and third years I was planning on playing.
0: Michael Christopher also asked, would you be in favor of an NFL draft lottery with all teams that don't make the playoffs getting a chance at the number one pick and they can move up to eliminate tanking, in which the Jags definitely did a couple of years ago for Trevor Lawrence. They started third stringers to get Lawrence. You think it will be talked about after this year. There have been talks about it. I don't think it's going to happen, and I don't want it to happen. I don't like the NBA draft lottery. As a Nets fan, years ago, the team went 12-70. and And wound up getting the third pick in the draft, and it drove me bonkers. Nets weren't tanking on purpose. They were just bad, and so instead of getting that number one pick, which is that light at the end of the tunnel, the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, instead I had to watch them get the third pick. They got Derek Favors, who a couple years later ended up getting traded anyway in a deal for Darren Williams, but It breaks your heart when your team is that bad and they don't even get to cash in on the number one overall pick. I know there's the occasional situation like the Jaguars where they're tanking, but you don't really see a lot of the quote-unquote tanking in the NFL. You might see a team like, say, the Jets a couple of years ago where it was very clear it was more or less one of those years where they were going through the motions 2017 and were going to be looking for a quarterback the following year, but they still wound up with the sixth overall pick because... They won some games. It's not like they were laying down and not trying to win games. I don't like how it works in the NBA with the draft lottery, and I would prefer that they keep that out of football personally.
1: Yeah, I agree, and for that, for that exact reason. I mean, I get the team's tank, but sometimes you are just bad. And the last thing you know a fan base is going to want to tolerate is, is having a, a two- or three-win season just because you stink, and then you end up with a seventh or eighth pick because there's a lottery. Um, I get that it would probably be rare, but just having that possibility, I'm, I'm not a fan of it at all.
0: Next question comes in from Say My Name. If he asks, if you guys were wrestlers, what style wrestler would you be? Something in me is hoping that one of you says Rob Van Dam style high flyer. <laughs> Shout out, by the way, to Dominic D'Angelo who was just on the show and is Rob Van Dam's podcast co-host. So, Dominic, if you're listening. I wish I could do what Rob Van Dam does There's no way I could I would end up breaking all the bones in my body I will say my personal favorite style of pro wrestling Is that British mat style So I would say that if I was going to be a pro wrestler The style I would prefer to work Would be something along the lines of what William Regal used to do When he was wrestling and of course Lord Steven Regal when he was in WCW But I've always liked that Guys like him, Johnny Saint Dave Taylor Even in WWE You saw guys like Jack Gallagher And somebody like Zack Sabre Jr. Who's currently out there Wrestling over in New Japan That's really the style That I like the best Owen Hart and Davey Boy Smith Had a tremendous match In that style Which was the finals For the very first wwe european championship that was one of my favorite matches that they've ever aired on television so that would be the style that i would like to wrestle glenn i have a feeling that if you were a pro wrestler you'd be a brawler who's hitting dudes with chairs you might be like cactus jack mcfoley
1: well i, I gotta tell you as a fat guy i probably wouldn't have a choice and i would just have <laughs> to be a king kong bundy type
0: but
1: um the, the the type that i prefer that i always enjoyed watching the most and and had the most respect for are the guys like uh, like Davey Boy Smith, Brett the Hitman Hart, like the smaller, quicker, technically sound guys? Um, they're, they're To me, it's like sort of another skill level when you do it the way they do. So if 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 I was able, that's the type of style I'd want to be. But you know, reality and gravity in these things—they say King Kong Bundy.
0: That's going to wrap up part one of the mailbag. Thanks so much to Glenn Naughton, the editor of JetNation.com, for joining me. We'll be back with part two tomorrow. In the meantime, check out everything Glenn's doing at JetNation.com. And listen to Jet Nation Radio with Glenn and Dylan Terriman. Check out everything we've got going on over at playlikeajet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. We've got some awesome all 22 film breakdowns on our channel, so watch them and subscribe to our channel if you haven't already. YouTube.com slash Play Like Jet. Visit our store, teepublic.com. That's teepublic.com. We've got the John Frank Myers Quentin Williams Bless You Thank You shirt, the Play Like a Jet logo shirt, caps, mugs, hoodies. It's all there. teepublic.com. That's teepublic.com.